We are back for another Football Tuesday, and would you believe it or not, two familiar foes are back atop the AFC. So does it run through Kansas City or New England? And there's a lot of something going on each and every week in the NFL, but if I could give you one best word to describe the New York Giants, I saw it in person, nothing. Best word to describe the New York Giants isn't. We'll talk about that. Plus, the college football Final Four is set. The playoff is set for this season. Did the college football playoff committee get it right? And, as course, we will be talking about our top 10 NFL power rankings. Which team is number one? Is it an NFC? How about an AFC team? I have to find out next. Keys to the city. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms. So comment, like, subscribe, or share. Or you can check out the podcaster Joe and at clovercrestmedia.com. You can check us all out and many more podcasts at Clovercrest Media. It's that time of year. It's Christmas time right around the corner. A lot of great things are happening. So check out if you like those podcasts, which I know those are the things that are nice and, and like they're hotcakes nowadays. People love those podcasts. So check it out, clovercrestmedia.com, for many more podcasts. We got a great Football Tuesday show for you going on. A lot happening again in this weekend. Pandemonium happened in college football. We'll talk about that again. The college football committee, did they get it right? I know Joe was thinking Cincinnati was not going to get in, but we all knew ultimately they were going to get in. So good for the college football committee. We'll talk about that. And then – we're going to get into it a little while. I went to the New York football Giants game, and boy, I could have just slept through it and would have not missed anything, pretty much. So we're going to talk about the New York Giants and a word, the best word that I can possibly think of when seeing the New York football Giants. But let's start off with the AFC. This year has been specifically this NFL season, but I want to talk specifically about the AFC because the AFC this season, each and every week, there's been upsets. There's been head scratchers. There's been surprises. There has been no team that has taken the grasp of the AFC in general. It's been each and every week we've talked about it, kind of like the MVP race. Who's this guy? Who's the new guy? Who's the new team? This and that. Well, should we be coming down to two teams, two familiar foes who have dominated not just this season, recently I should say, but the AFC the past 20 years, and yes, one of those teams, well, let's be realistic. One of those teams has been dominating for 20 years in the AFC, and they once again had a little hiccup in the road last year, but they are back. Seven-game winning streak. That is the New England Patriots. And the other team, the team that we all thought was going to be the odds-on favorite to come out of the AFC, had a little, like we all just said, a little hiccup in the road, but they are back as well, and it's the Kansas City Chiefs. So have these two teams – after last night's and the Sunday night and the Monday night games, have these two teams separated themselves from the pack? And does the AFC, and I'll start with whoever wants to go first, does the AFC run through either K- oh, KFC? I love KFC. I'm thinking about a KFC chicken sandwich. No. What am I th- <laughs> I'm thinking about I'm a KFC chicken sandwich. <laughs> Are we saying, and do we see the AFC running through KC? Or New England? 
Well, here's the thing. It's running through both of them. Okay. Now, I'm going to get to your answer to your question. But the reason why I say both of them is because of coaching. And I know we're going to talk about that with stuff with the Giants. But they have the two best coaches in their conference. And you and when you ask me, Ted, who do you have more faith in? It's those coaches. Andy Reid is the only guy that when he goes against Bill Belichick, it feels like an even matchup. Everyone else, it feels like one guy's playing chess and another guy's playing checkers. And as good as all the other coaches are, you know, the McVeighs, the McDermott's, they just can't get over the Belichick Hill. It's like the – it's Mount Everest, but even higher. It's something you can't climb. You mm. get to the top, but you just can't get to the tippy top. And when you look at Kansas City, I look at a team that's right there coaching-wise, skills-wise, and more importantly, the past five games, it's their defense. But to your to your question, to get back to your question, it's New England. They're gonna win the, they're gonna be the number one seed. So that's where it stems from. So it's gonna go through New England. You're gonna hear that foghorn playing all damn playoffs. They're gonna get the bye, which means Bill Belichick's gonna have an extra week of preparation for whoever he plays in the semifinals. And he's just gonna take care of business against whoever. And the Chiefs will have the number two seed and they'll take care of business and then they'll win the home game again. Because that crowd in Arrowhead Stadium is like no other stadium. And then it'll be Kansas City and Mahomes and Andy Reid going to New England for the first time. Usually it's New England going to Kansas City. And we'll see if Bill Belichick and that unbelievable defense can stop that offense. Well, the, the worst thing that can happen to this Patriot team right now is that they're on a bye. They're actually on a bye. And it's kind of setting up like a lot of teams right now. The next time they play is on Thursday night. It's or no, when is it? Saturday night game. It's a Saturday night game Back next Saturday Colts. night against the Colts in Indianapolis, another team that's playing well. So the worst thing that could be happening to this New England Patriots team right now. No, no, is, no, no. This, no, no. This is the best thing that could happen because after a momentum game like this, you need a breather. You need to take a step back. They just played one of their biggest games of the season in one of the hardest weather like games I've seen in a long time. And they won. And they won ugly. Judon got a little beat up at the end, some of the players. This is a perfect situation for New England. They get the latest buy the NFL has ever had. They're going to get two weeks to prepare for the Indianapolis Colts. Not one, two. And while the Colts are playing another tough game this week, the Patriots are going to be well-rested. They're going to be well-prepped mentally, physically prepared. So when they go into the Colts stadium – and they bring that dominant run defense, and Jonathan Taylor runs for less than 50 yards, you're going to be like, damn, should have known. Bill Belichick did it again. Carson Wentz couldn't be good enough to beat them. That's why I think it's perfect. And I understand where you're coming from, but I have to go against you on this because it's it's a breather. Every team needs a break. And I know you don't want to break the streak of winning, but it's a good time after a momentum game, after a big one, to take a breather, to take a step back, to reevaluate, to get your older players rested, and to prepare for the Annapolis Colts. Another big game, but now you get two weeks to prepare for them. Bill Belichick was on WEE on this morning. They asked him how he was feeling, and he said he felt a little run down. Bill Belichick is a genius. I've seen the comments, uh, Thomas Della Camera. Yep. Tommy uh, D. Tommy D. Good call. Uh, it's going to be hard to beat this team. That defense is really good. <laughs> it's a really good defense. They can throw the ball three times and win a football game. Who Who's doing that? 
in the NFL. O only Bill Belichick. Again, Who's disciplined enough to do that? Well, who does there you go. Who does? Who, uh, let's ask a question. Who does that in in, in the entire football world? I'm talking about sure. from here's what I say. What team is disciplined nobody, enough to do with that and actually do it? You know, some teams would once in a while throw the ball. He never detoured off that road. He just kept that straight line and said, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And, and we're going to win. Buffalo's in trouble. They're in trouble. They're, that, so, that team's been exposed multiple times in multiple ways. I, I'll tell you what about Kansas City. I, I still don't think there's enough there right now. So here's their defense some, is playing a lot better. Their offense stinks. I got some stats for you. So during their they're on they're a combined 12 game winning streak, both of these teams put together. So the Chiefs during the five game winning streak is giving up only guys 11 points a game right now. Pats during their seven game winning streak are giving up 10. The only difference is Joe, like you just said, it's the offense of the Chiefs. And that's the scary thing about it right now. We're talking about the the bad of the Chiefs in the sense of it's their offense that's the one that we're having questions about, whereas the defense, we were ripping them. This defense was going to be historically bad beginning of the season. Now all of a sudden their defense is carrying them. So if if we're saying that the biggest question mark for the Kansas City Chiefs is the offense, then I don't really have a big problem with that because I know that offense, they're still – here's the thing. They're starting to take advantage of now people are going to run back and they're going to run their too, too high safety look and they're going to try to not have anything behind them. Okay, they're just going to dink and duck and they're going to pick you apart. And still, if you, with the speed and playmakers that they have on this team, with Hardman, with Tyreek Hill, with uh, Daryl Williams, with Hilaire, with Travis Kelsey, okay, you want to give you want to keep all that behind or not don't let anything behind you. Okay, we're just going to give you a little crossing routes. We're going to let our players in this space, and they have great speed all around the field. So once you guys get those, you get them the ball. Those playmakers get them in the space. They're going to do their thing. So okay, we'll get off ten to fifteen yard chunks. We're we're fine with that. I'm okay with it because as long as they're getting positive yards, they're moving the football. They're going to be fine. So if the biggest question mark going forward for the Kansas City Chiefs right now is their offense. And I'm not really worried because it's because you're still led by Andy Reid, you're still led by Eric Bieniemy, and you still have Patrick Mahomes. You're going to get everybody healthy back, so they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine in the sense of that offense. Their defense was the biggest question mark. So are you saying it runs through Kansas City or New England, sir? They're playing. I'm just going to get to that, but I wanted to also say so. They're averaging only 23 points a game during their their five game winning streak. The Chiefs. The Patriots, meanwhile, are averaging a nice, solid 32 points a game. So they're kicking ass, the Patriots. They're dominating. They're taking names. The Chiefs, they're doing a little – oh, we lost Joe? Okay, that's fine. They're doing a little different, Ted, right now. He'll be back. He probably lost connection. They're doing a little differently. They're winning by defense, and they're – it's not – It's it, maybe it's – Listen, they're winning ugly. We're so used to them winning, winning by yeah, winning 30, ugly, 40 points. And if they're winning this way, it, it – I agree with you that when the offense does find its groove, we're exactly. not going to worry about it because here's the thing. A couple drop passes by Tyreek Hill, a couple mishaps by Travis Kelsey. This is not what we expect from Kansas City, winning ugly. We expect them to win 30, 40 points a game. This this actually gives me more confidence in the Kansas City Chiefs that they can win ugly, that they can win defensively. You know, you you as a team, a good team, 
You want to be able to win multiple ways. You don't want to just be able to win just by outscoring everyone. Can you win like the Patriots won last night with and three passes? Can you win the game where you can't run and throw the ball over there? Can we always talk about this with the Giants or some of the other? Actually, we'd never talk about this with the Giants because nothing they don't win anything ugly or good. They don't blow anyone out and they they always get blown out. What I'm saying is good teams find a way to win at all times. If that means you gotta win 45 to 42, or if that means way or in between you got to win games when you turn the ball over four times like the ravens did two weeks ago so you got to win I'm the game that's why i'm saying like i'm i'm not worried i'm not i'm not picking the chiefs i'm saying in the sense of like i'm not worried in the sense of if their offense is their biggest question mark moving forward right now which it shouldn't be because they're still moving the ball they're still putting up points they're still having positive plays they're not it's not like there's there's a lot of negativity with that offense they're still moving the ball it's just we become as fans and football fans in general we've become so accustomed to seeing the Chiefs just winning by what Ted was saying Joe by them scoring 30 to 40 points a game and just and just putting everybody to sleep because of the way that they tossed, they threw the ball all over the field and the way they were doing it. Now they're doing it in, in the sense of they have to find different ways to do it and to win games. And they're doing that based off of their defense, but their offense is also playing solid. And it's almost like it's become boring in the sense of their offense. But boring's okay because if boring still is getting the job done, boring leads to wins. It doesn't matter how it is. And we'll talk about boring in the sense of a negative boring because we'll talk about the New York Giants, how boring they've become as a franchise. <laughs> but they're they're doing it in the sense of boring from a positive standpoint because they're still moving the ball. They're still having success. But now it's just now they're getting they're feeling their self. They're getting back to the Chiefs that we expect, but they're doing it differently. How important is it to be good on third down? I mean, they're the best team in the league. Huge. You know how it is. You have to convert, especially got to be able to convert. And they do it. They do it better than anybody, and they do it with ease at times. It's it's scary. Mm -hmm. And especially with the way playoff time comes, and how you have to deliver in third down conversions and plays, and they've had that success so far. That's another huge positive for this Chiefs team. So I'm saying, like, either way. If we're going to say that the Chiefs' biggest question moving forward is their offense, I'm not really worried for it. My biggest question going for the Patriots is, even though they've been so balanced and everything they've done has just done it at such a high level, that it all comes down to me, ultimately, when it comes to the playoffs. And they'll probably have home – if they continue to win the way they are, they'll have home field advantage. So how does that shape up for Mac Jones? And that's that's what it's going to come down to. You know that's what we're going to be talking about and how everybody's going to be talking about. It's not going to be Belichick. It's not going to be their defense. It's not going to be the, one, the best running attack in football right now. Their offense line It's going to come down to the guy that just threw for 19 yards last night. Yes, they won, but still you see that. Three passes for – now I know the weather was historically bad, couldn't do anything. I don't even know how Josh Allen was able to throw the ball like he did last night. But that's what it's all going to come back to, whereas with the Chiefs, it's going to be like, well, they got Mahomes, they got Andy Reid, they're going to be fine, their defense is playing great. The Patriots are going to be like, oh, they're playing great everywhere. But it's a Mac attack. That's what it comes down to, and you know that's how it's going to be because we like to just blow things up because he's a rookie quarterback, even though he's playing like a 10-year veteran. Joe, you know what my word for the Patriots is? And I said this to last night to Trev. They are a chameleon. Yeah. 
They are right. able to adapt to every single situation at all times. If you remember the old Patriots, and they used to talk about this, Patriots every week have a different game plan. So, like, if you remember a couple years ago when they played the Colts in the divisional round, well, Garrett Blunt was the player of the game, and all they did was run the football. They ran because they knew they could run the football all over the Colts, if you remember that game. Brady didn't throw much that game. It was a, a Garrett Blunt show. Then the next week, but Garrett Blunt, I don't even think, was on the roster. I mean, he was, but I jokingly aside, he, I think he ran the ball like five times, and they spread the field out and threw the ball over the field. The Patriots can win in so many different ways, and that's what makes them so great. The biggest thing, and we'll talk about this probably in the next segment, is you want to know what a Bill Belichick team is? They're physical, and they're dominant, and they're physical and dominant on the two most important spots of the field. And they're you disciplined. The offensive line and the defensive line. You can't run the football on them, which the Bills couldn't do last night, and it seems like no one can. And they dominate the line of scrimmage on the offense, which allows you to be a chameleon because if you need pass protection, spread it out. You know you can do so. And if you know if you have to run the ball 46 times in a windstorm and snow, you can do that and win that way. And this so is a Bill Belichick you- team. If Bill Belichick ever had a blueprint of what his team represented, it's this team. And people want to knock Mac Jones. I get it. He didn't throw the ball last night. But people forget what yeah, Bill good luck, Belichick Good luck did. trying to throw the ball in that weather. Here's the all thing. You, all you great quarterbacks out there. But here's the thing. You could throw the fo- football if your team needs to with situational. I thought Brian Gable did a poor job of offensive play calling last night for the Bills. Poor job. Thought he should have used Josh Allen more in the running game. Did not. And I thought the passing game was very undeveloped, and they didn't use digs as much as I thought he should have. I will say this. If anyone remembers the early Patriot years when they were winning, the same model that he's doing with Mac Jones is what he did with Brady. It's no different. He protected Brady like a baby. He had him in a shell, and he said, we're going to win defensive games. Our defense is going to dominate. We're going to run the football with Corey Dillon, and we're going to play action pass it, and we're going to make Brady say, can you make a couple big throws when we need you to? And he did, and the defense was opportunistic. They would turn the ball over. They picked Peyton Manning off twice a game, and Peyton Manning would have less than 200 yards passing, and that's how they won it. They won Super Bowls. It wasn't until when they got Randy Moss and Wes Welker that the offense really ever started to expand to what now Brady's so comfortable that he can throw the ball for 500 yards a game. So but it who, took who, years of development, who, and it took experience. Up? Who are we picking? The who? If we had to pick right now, all three of us. Let's do it on. on I told you last night. I tweeted out last night. On three, the versus Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. On three, who do we say runs through the AFC? So one, two, three. I would say New England. Chiefs. Okay. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna go based on the experience and the fact that this team really is able to do things on third down that seemingly other teams can't do. And I think the longer you're on the field and the longer you're able to uh, keep this, this uh, new England, look, if you, if you press any defense hard enough, you're going to crack them. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've got the offense and the quarterback of Pat Mahomes. So I think it's Joe. I tweeted it last night. I think the NFL is going to get the perfect Super Bowl matchup they could ever ask for. After a year of COVID and all the other stuff, they are going to get the rematch. Goat versus Goat. We've always wanted like Kobe versus LeBron in the finals or Michael Jordan versus this guy in the finals 
or this guy versus that guy in the finals. We're going to get it. We're going to get Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, versus Tom Brady, the greatest player, NFL player of all time. We're going to get it in L.A. in the biggest stadium, in the biggest market, and it's the ratings are going to crush it like they've never crushed it before. I, I said it on Twitter last night. Book it now. It's going to happen, especially if New England gets that home field advantage. That place, there's an aura in that place, and you could sense it again. It's like a rebirth of Tom Brady all over again. Well, speaking of sensing, the way that the New York football giants have been playing offensively, we could sense that there's literally nothing to watch every week offensively, and that's exactly what I was able to get to watch this past Sunday. Go figure. I go to the one game that um, probably the worst offensive game I've ever seen from a New York Giant football team, and I got to see it live. And I wanted to just say, when I think of this team, and I know the papers have been saying it, and I said it too, I saw nothing. I literally was watching a game, and I saw it was an offense versus a defense of the Miami Dolphins and a defense going against nothing because that's what the New York Giants put on display this past Sunday for 60 minutes. And when I think of the word nothing, that's what it comes to. Do you know the definition of nothing? It just says not anything, no thing. There's nothing, there's not anything to talk highly about this New York football giant offense, this franchise. This defense played their lights out this past Sunday. I know that they ended up losing, but when your defense has to be on the field for majority of the game and they got to play, what lights out and their heart out every play, they're eventually going to get tired. They're eventually going to give up a play or two, and they're going to be like, oh, well, that's what happens. That's what happens with the New York football giants. And we were talking about all of this during the pregame, and people were just saying, well, it's unfortunate that Daniel Jones is um, going to be out again because we have to evaluate him. Or, well, we he doesn't have all his weapons. Okay. Well, I'm going to shut people up with that right now because let's 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 stop with the evaluation process of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. They are what they are. Saquon Barkley is a great human being, a great a, a great human being. I'm going to go that way. But he is a shell of himself. He had his best years are behind him as a New York Football Giant. Now maybe he'll go somewhere else and he'll flourish. But as a New York Football Giant, his time has to come to an end. And the whole process of Daniel Jones, the evaluation of Daniel Jones, let's stop that too because we've already – year three, we always talk about three years is what a quarterback is given. We are at year three. We're at another year of his subpar play, his injuries again. Daniel Jones should be done as a New York Giant quarterback. Okay, I know we've talked about it throughout this season saying, oh, well, I think he's the right guy for it. I'm going to go back. I'm wrong. I was 100% wrong. He is not the New York football giant quarterback of the future. He is not. They are not going to win with him. They're not going to win with the team that they have right now. They have to blow this completely up because right now is nothing the best word to describe Big Blue? Yes. Because there is no excitement. There is nothing to be excited about going forward for this franchise. At least for the Detroit Lions, yes, they're 1-10-1, but the damn it, that team plays for 60 minutes. They play their asses off. Now, they're not surrounded by great talent. They may have a few pieces that you can say will play on other teams around this league, but they don't have a lot of great talent. But they play with heart, and they play with passion. They play with toughness. Now, they don't win every week, 
because that can only go so far in the league. But they, they find ways to play. With the Giants, you don't see any of that. You see undisciplined football. You see lackadaisical football. You literally see incompetency. You see nothing but a demise of a franchise that's continuing to go ass backwards and not going forward. And that's the problem with this franchise. And stop with the evaluation process of this whole thing for the next five weeks because we got to figure out what they are. They are what they are. That's what the New York Giants are. They stink. They are a bottom franchise, and the record speaks for itself since 2016, since they, since that whole boat thing, because that's all we want to talk about when we think of the New York Giants for the past 10 years. Think about that, guys. Past 10 years, all we think about when we talk about the New York football Giants is a damn boat trip to Miami. I don't think about a boat trip. I don't think about no boat trip. I'm I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about the peers, the football peers around the world. That's what it comes to when the New York Giants. That's where we're at as a state of the New York football Giants. So stop with the evaluation. They big, big contracts that have gone backwards again have been putrid. Draft picks can't stay healthy. The quarterback can't stay healthy. The running back is a shell of himself. The offensive line has got awful with the exception of Andrew Thomas. This team needs a complete rebuild from top to bottom. And there's a reason why they're at the bottom of the NFL each and every year. And it's disgusting. Are you done? Are you done with that ridiculous rant? Listen, here's ridiculous the problem. Rant. Let me tell you why. What are the Giants? What are they gonna? I mean, first of all, I know we all want uh, them to do a rebuild. They're never gonna do it. They. I don't know if they even understand what that means. The other thing is, is if you're years. gonna if you're gonna do a rebuild, you need a quarterback. Who's gonna be the quarterback? It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be Russell. I know that. There's nobody in the draft that you're getting. So who's going to come and save this franchise? They, they're, if they're going to do a rebuild, they did it two years too late or a year too early. Yeah, they did it so, way too late because they thought Eli was going to be able yes, to Yes. Look, again, you know, and I keep saying since 2017, 2016 was an anomaly. It, it was the worst 11 and 5 team ever. They're terrible. It, it was a collection of talent, it wasn't a football team. Mm-hmm. And just like that, it was gone. So again, throw that, but that throw that out the window. Twenty sixteen. It, it, it's so easy for everybody to go back to. I, I, I'm telling you guys, the problem goes back to nineteen sixty four. That's how long the problem goes back with the Giants. It, it took Lawrence Taylor, the greatest defensive player ever to play football, to give them. The respect, like I said, of about a seven-year run. And then it was over. And be- beyond that, beyond two Eli amazing runs, you've got no success unless you go back to the 50s and before that to the 30s and the 20s. This is a terrible franchise, and it's been terribly masked by Super Bowls. Because if you throw the four Super Bowls out the window... The Detroit Lions have been one of the greatest running backs and wide receivers of all time over like a 25-year stretch and did nothing. Mm-hmm. That's why they're the Detroit Lions. We, we've snuck four Super Bowls in, and we're that's supposed to be good enough. I would gladly exchange the last two Super Bowls for a franchise that, that knows how to operate properly and, and can win 9, 10, 11 games every year. 
like you see other teams do. I mean, and look, you're going to always have your changing of the guard. You're going to have your your 6-10 and 10 or 6-11 and 11 now, but that, that was kind of part and parcel. It was, let's let's restart the engine here. And the Giants have never done that. And, and I don't. And if they decide to do it now, again, it's it's two years too late, or it's a year too early. Well, let's look at the successful teams: the Patriots, the 49ers, the Steelers. And the Patriots draft like crap too. Yeah, I know that. But coach, but coaching, coaching. No, because I, I'm, gonna, I'm just, I'm just saying. Look, you can be bad at things, and you can still, you can still find ways to win. You brought up the Steelers before. How do they win with Mike Tomlin coaching? Playing to your team's strengths. I mean, that's how I mean, you find ways to win. I mean, here's the thing: as much as I not the Dallas Cowboys, right? And they haven't won Super Bowls, but they've been consistently good for a long time. The Steelers have been good. Patriots, I know it's really only been a 21 year run. Before that, they really didn't win anything, but that's pretty consistent. I mean, I don't think anyone. 49ers have been like pretty much good since like the mid 80s. We're going on what? 30, 40 years of successful football. I mean, a couple and four and 12s in bad seasons, but pretty much every year they're consistently in the running for playoffs, really competitive, hard-nosed. You don't look at the 49ers the same way you look at the Giants, Steelers, Patriots. I mean, the, the way we're talking about the Giants is the same way we've described about the Detroit Lions, about the Cincinnati Bengals. Those are the, you know, those are the teams that were the Jets. You know, I mean, the Giants are the Jets right now. They're no better than the Jets. They're both disgraceful. If you put them together, they couldn't make a competent team. You put the coaching staff together, I don't think they're competent. You look at the Jets. They brought in a defensive-minded coach. Their, their defense is garbage. We thought we brought in a disciplined coach. This team is more undisciplined than they are disciplined. Like, well, this is where I, I lose my – like, I don't understand this. Like, I've been a defender. I've been trying to defend Joe Judge as best I can, and – he makes comments like this. Like, I even told you, uh, Ted, you put up 250 yards of offense in today's NFL. Just think about it. Two, today's NFL. Four, teams, straight teams, ga- on. four straight games of under 264 yards a game. They were averaging teams, 18 points a game. Teams under do that. In the two games the- under Freddie Kitchens, they're averaging 11. Teams do that in the first half. And the Giants barely put up that in 60 minutes. Like, I literally just saw 60 minutes of absolute nothing, of absolute no hope, of absolute uncertainty of what the future holds for this franchise right now. Here's the thing. The Giants had opportunities. We've talked about it that this franchise, other than those four Super Bowls, majority of the time have been either at best 500 or under 500. So this isn't a great, great franchise. It's a respected franchise, but it's not like the Steelers franchise where it's been consistent throughout. This is a losing type franchise, and we're really seeing the darkest times as fans now because I know there has been fans that are older than us that have seen this before. I know my father has told me, I've told this countless amount of times. This is what it's like being a Giant fan. I get it. Now we're going through our time as Giant fans seeing dark days because there is so much 
Negativity. But you can be bad and still be competitive. I, I know that. Like, I and I think you both Lions. agree with me. You watch the well, – I've seen a bunch of Lion games this year. No, I know. I'm not watching, but I'm not watching them like I watch the Giants. But if you watch the Lions, you know, they've had some tough games, man, where they've had teams to the wire and a couple of late field goals, a couple of miscues. They've, helped, they've had – they've been more competitive and more physical. The Detroit Lions I, are not a one-win Here's my team. thing. The Lions – you watch the Lions the way they play. They look like their coach. They act like their coach. They're physical. They're gritty. They're, they they come at you, and you could you could just see that the teams. Or we could be a Dallas could, fan and and have hopes every year and think you're going to win a Super Bowl, but always have. I would take that. I would take that any day of the week. What? what? Uh, having a team that I thought could honestly win my division every year. Yeah, I want that. And an own and an owner that goes to get players and and, yeah. and prides itself on, on. You know, I would say success, but I mean, they're, just because they don't win Super here's the thing. Just because you don't win a Super Bowl doesn't mean you're not a successful franchise. Only one team can win it out of 32, all right? And which have, we've talked about this. You go back the past 20 years, there's only been like six Super Bowl winners, maybe seven. If I don't have the numbers in front of me, but figuratively, less than one quarter of the league has won a Super Bowl in the past 25 years. And then before that, it was literally the Cowboys, the 49ers, and like the yes. Broncos and Packers in the nineties, so yes. like, and they've been part of the the team for the past twenty five years. So yeah. really, the only team you're sprinkling in is like Seattle, sprinkling in Seattle over here, and you know, and another team I'm probably not coming to tuition with, but fruition with. But realistically, it's the same seven teams around in the Super Bowl every year. Realistically, the Packers, the Cowboys, the 49ers. You know, the Rams haven't been great. Also, the Rams were like, the Rams, they're the greatest thing. Well, why, well, why, well, why is that? Thing. Why is Here's that? The, why well, is that? Like, Here's the thing. When you're building something, right, whatever you want to build in your life, you have to build a foundation, house, wife, success, family. You have to build a strong foundation. If it stems from the parents, if it stems from the owners, stems from the ground up, you have to build a foundation. What do the Giants have? The Giants have a foundation. The problem is it's got cracks in it. And then water seepage and cracks and ice and breaks a little bit up. And you can to build the house up, but it still kind of, it rumbles and shakes a little bit in the wind. Once in a while, it looks really nice on that nice 70-degree day. Most of the time, it's got cracks, it leaks, it's got issues. That's what the Giants are. They're a crack foundation that has not been put together and hasn't been fixed. The coaches, The coaching has not been corrected. They fired McAdoo after a year and a half, two years. They fired Shermer after two years. Why can't you fire Judge after two years? If you're going to go get a new GM, you might as well go get a new coach because now you limit your um, your your choices when you hire the GM because he wants to hire his own guy. He wants to hire his own damn guy. You want to pick the guy that you want to work with. You don't want to be stuck with the guy that someone else picked for you. That's the way life goes. That's how it works. So, And then the Giants, offensive line, has to be fixed. Quarterback has to be fixed. And then and then the scouting department has to be fixed. The evaluation of the NFL and college players has to be fixed. It's an issue. It hasn't been corrected. And we're going to continue to talk about this roller coaster ride. We are, the best way I could say it, we are the guinea pig in the circle. You know, the thing in the circle where the thing runs and it doesn't go anywhere, that's where we are, the Giants. We're looking at the same video week in and week out of the New York football Giants, and it isn't going to get better this year, and I don't know if it's going to get better next year because I do agree with Joe that who are you getting as a quarterback next year? Because Russell Wilson doesn't want to come to this team. 
I wouldn't want Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers to come to here because there's nothing good right now. There's the same. It's the same thing. Why would Seattle? Nothing. Why would Seattle dump? Why would Russell Wilson want to come to New York? Exactly. The coaching's no better. The offense is no better. The defense is no I was better. Starting to get it, Joe, you were starting to become like the Giants to me. Your uncertainty on the show this week because you just all it's all hilarious. <laughs> no, Joe. Joe, yeah, you heard again, the why would you know, nobody wants to come to New York? Nobody, nobody is going to want to spend their, win their why twilight years like there. Nobody likes New York. New York's like great when they win. It sucks when you lose. Yeah, that's there's been only, a lot there's of only um, one good team in New York right now. That's the New York Rangers. That's been a lot of that going on in New York sports in general. That there just hasn't been any winning, and it's been as a New York fan. This could just speak upon the entire fan base of New York fans. Can I interrupt that, you for one second, though? Why? What else would be? Uh, no, I'm just. I, I'm I'd be stunned if you didn't. Well, I would here's be the thing. You When's the last time the Knicks have been good? When they had a real good coach and Jeff Van Gundy, and then before that, Pat Riley, right? When's the last time the Giants were good? When they had a respectable, good coach and Tom Coughlin. I can't tell you the last time the Jets have been. Maybe Rex Ryan. And, you know, maybe people will knock that. But Rex Ryan's a pretty good damn coach. And he got the best out of his team when he was there. <laughs> and when his defense was <laughs> Joe, what are you laughing at? Sanders said you guys uh, love, love to crap on the Giants until it's him doing it. And yeah, because I don't want to hear no Dallas, man, because they got no room to talk. They've had 25 years of embarrassment. Yeah, I listen, <laughs> but at least they win games. We've had, a, we've had at least two Super Bowls throughout that whole time. Like, yeah, but here's, anybody, Joe, see, here's, here's Joe's argument where he goes, that's only our argument is the two Super Bowls. They got like six, okay? They won never, three out of five six years. And here's dudes, the thing. Dude, when they won their sixth, I was just, I was but just. But here's a the thing: baby. you're looking at the Giants now, and look at the Giants last five, and look at Dallas. I know the Dallas has. Oh, a Oh, I know the Giants are garbage. I know that. The you Giants look at the garbage. Dallas Cowboys, and you're like, this franchise, as long as they can keep the, most of the pieces together, they're going to be there for the division title every year and be a Super Bowl contender because you Parsons is the best defensive player other than T.J. Watt in the league. All right, they have a standout cornerback in Trayvon Diggs. They oh, have a, the best defensive player in the league. I know that, but my Parsons is right there, bro. Right there, and he's a rookie. Oh, yes, he is. No, he's not. TJ Watson, another dude. But TJ Watt, all he does is rush the passer. If Parsons rushed the passer, yo, he gets forced, time, he gets intercepted. Trev, if Parsons rushed the passer every single play, he'd be second or third in the league in sacks without a question of a doubt. Who, who would be first, though? Right now, maybe Watt, but it Parsons does everything. Parsons does everything, and what that defense it? part of the change in that defense is because of him and Trayvon Diggs. And once they get to no, Marcus, I, I, I'm, and, I'm they have, and they have an adequate offense line, but and the tight end Colin Schultz is better than and they have three receivers, and they have two run like Tony Pollard and Zeke and Dak. And that franchise, the only question you <laughs> Here's my final part of what I wanted to say. <laughs> Here's my final part that I just want to say. You just said it. the Dallas Cowboys draft. They draft really well. The Giants don't draft well. Like the Giants had a golden opportunity this year to get two home run hitters at that 11 pick. They could have got a Rashawn Slater who's been playing great for that Chargers team, and then they could have decided to take a Parsons who's been the do-it-all guy for Dallas who has transformed that defense into a, a defense that's going to be for, a force to reckon with. Once hey, you think we could have used those guys this year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could have used both those guys. Instead, we trade back. Yeah, the Giants. Because you know why? I really do believe this. Because we heard too many fans saying, let's trade back. 
because we, the fans, know what the hell we're doing because we're all so smart. That's why we have jobs at McDonald's and work part-time jobs and sit on our asses and do – I'm saying not just not us because we have full-time jobs. I'm talking about Giant fans. I'm calling Giant fans out right now because maybe Dave Gettleman listened to you because his, his job was on the line. So maybe he said, oh, I should maybe listen to the fans. One thing you should never do, and I know this is a fact because nobody does, but I feel like the Giants probably did. Do not listen to what fans have to say. We are fans. That's all we are. We are not in the New York Giants organization. We are not in the New York Yankees franchise. We're not part of them. We are fans. Okay? So let's pipe down with that. Yeah, but they also have to satisfy the fan base or you lose your fans. And well, guess what? We did that. We had we traded back. That's what Giant fans wanted to do this year. We'll trade back. Guess what? We did I didn't. I wanted Rashawn Slater. I wanted to take Slater or it was Parsons, too. Can you imagine that? Two solid bookend tackles for the next five to ten years. Well, that's yeah, we up. Taken, we could have taken Justin Fields. And, and here's the other thing. Do you think of Micah Parsons maybe playing middle linebacker instead of Tate Crowder with Blake Martinez injury? you think that would help the Giants' defense a little bit? No, because the Giants, no, the Giants coaching staff would screw it up somehow and put him in a bad position. I think he's perfect where he is right now. He, he's done everything. He's perfect. He's a defensive end slash outside backer playing coverage, get to the quarterback. That's what the Giants desperately need. I don't need it. We didn't. If the Giants did draft a guy like Parsons, they didn't need him to be a middle linebacker. Put him at outside backer. Put him at defensive end. Use that speed, that athleticism to you to what he's doing. And that's what Dan Quinn has done. And that's why he's transformed that defense. I feel like if Patrick Graham, who I think is a really solid, maybe other than like Andrew Thomas, and if, I feel like Patrick Graham has been like a guy that. The Giants need to keep moving forward because he's been a I mean, he's been solid. He's been he's been one of the solid few people the past two years for this franchise. And I feel like the drafting, it's just a combination of everything. Bad coaching, drafting, injuries, subpar play by your talent, by your playmakers. And that's where the current Giants franchise is. There's a lot that needs to be done. We don't know what's gonna happen. But there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the Big Blue franchise. Speaking of uncertainty, let's get into this quickly. We didn't know what to expect coming into this weekend for Saturday's games. We didn't know if there was going to be some upsets. Well, they started on the first game as Oklahoma State in a legit classic. Coming down to the inch yard line, literally, was everything you could have hoped for. From a, a college football standpoint, it was thrilling. It was a classic. And... But you didn't still know what was going to happen after that because you still had the Alabama-Georgia matchup. Well, Alabama, they took care of business only like Alabama can. So we finally got to Sunday. We had the much-anticipated Final Four set. Guys, I'm going to ask you a very straightforward question. Did the CFP, College Football Committee, get the Final Four right this year? Joe, I'll start with you. I'll start with Joe on this one because Joe was the one that thought they were going to screw this one up somehow, some way. And I told you exactly what was going to happen. Well, I we said I thought if I said it out loud, it wouldn't it wouldn't come true, and so that's why I had to use the platform to do it. They they did get it right, although I I still think that Cincinnati should be out of Georgia. I don't. I don't understand why they wouldn't be. They didn't just get waxed by the number one team. 
And I understand you don't want an immediate rematch, but do I need to wait two weeks to watch Georgia get another ass kicking? I think I'm all set. Like that that seems like a weird that's a weird SEC setup. That's also you don't, I like you, don't the, you don't want the rematch. If you can, you want to space it out so then Michigan doesn't knock out the Cincinnati. So people don't have to see the SEC game and then you get and then they figure it out. Because if you're good enough, you'll win your game. Plus, I think a lot of people want to see Cincinnati in that great defense play against Alabama and their off their offense. Cincinnati I'm excited. I'm really I mean, we'll talk about the games. We're not going to talk about it today, but we'll get into those. I'm really excited for that Alabama Cincinnati game because it feel it has a feels to um um a Cincinnati no not a Cincinnati a Utah Alabama game back in the day where Alabama was high and mighty. Sure, let's just shut your just shut. It. That was the Sugar Bowl. They weren't in the Final Four, so they didn't care. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking from the standpoint of a team that hasn't gotten respect, that's been undefeated throughout Alabama the entire Alabama is going to blow them out of the water. Okay. It'll be 42 to 21. Okay. That's fine. I but, was just saying something, but you know Ted always thinks he's Jeff, smarter the than everybody. I'm, the reason why I'm disagreeing with you, why you don't disagree on the show, you don't come at people, is because no, you just Alabama <laughs> did not make the Final Four national championship. They were playing in the Sugar Bowl, which meant they don't care because Alabama, they're not playing in the national championship. They can care less. They didn't take Utah seriously, and Utah went in and kicked the crap out of you, Alabama. I trust me. I know what you're talking about. I just think – like Saban said in the press conference, rat poisoning. You all doubted Alabama. You gave Georgia six and a half points. And I told the other day, Georgia, Alabama is under Saban's been a underdog six times and four times Saban, Saban's won outright four of the six times. They were the better team. We got fooled because Alabama all year is playing one close games. And then when push comes to shove, they proved how good they were. And Stenson Bennett, is not good enough for Georgia to win. I think we got great matchups, and I told you on the phone, once Oklahoma State lost, as long as Cincinnati won, we knew what the four were going to be. You said, Chad, do you think Georgia would be a two, you know, the two, three Alabama and Michigan moved to one? I said, no, because they don't want the rematch. But I know where Joe and you were coming from. And it should be an exciting playoff, and I'm very interested to see how Harbaugh and Michigan You say going it's going to be an exciting playoff, but you think Cincinnati is going to get killed. Well, yeah. I think it'll be. Well, because who, who's played good against Alabama other than Clemson? Ohio State. Well, that one time, yeah. But is Cincinnati Ohio Hey, they were, they were a massive underdog that game, too, and everybody thought that Alabama yeah, was going to – I don't know. Well, but, they had, I, but here's the thing. They had a guy that, like they like the Cincinnati Bearcats, have a running back that can take them to a promised land like the Ohio State Buckeyes did with Ezekiel Elliott. Former Georgia player. Or no, so, Alabama he was the Alabama. Let's, not, Sorry, let's not doubt the Cincinnati Bearcats because this is a good. This is a good football program. This Lou Fickle. Lou Fickle has has transformed this team into a power in the college football world. I can't wait for it. They got it right. Thank you. Thank you, college football playoff. It was very easy when Oklahoma State went down. You knew that it was just a matter of time. And then when Alabama got in, bada boom, bada bang. I can't wait for these games. We're not going to talk about these games. We're going to talk about them later in the next coming weeks because there is a month away, almost less than a month away until these games are played out on New Year's Eve. Joe, By the way, who, who's who been saying all season that Bama was going to blow Georgia's doors off? I guess you did. All year, dude. I've been telling O.V. Muniz, you big Georgia fan. I was like, bro, Bama's going to blow them out. No, no, no. We shouldn't have been be surprised. Blow them out. Shouldn't have been surprised. And they but did. They I wasn't. Hey. 
me and Trev talked about this, and Trev, I know you want to get that. It was the biggest thing that always stems down to is the quarterback play. Alabama only loses to elite quarterbacks except when Ohio State ran the ball. That's why also I think Cincinnati has a great chance because they have the second best quarterback out of the four teams right now. They have a shot. They have a shot yeah. because Desmond, Desmond Ritter, Ritter, they do Ritter. everything right. They do everything right. That Michigan-Georgia game is going to be extremely, extremely exciting and interesting because of the fact that their quarterbacks are very similar. They don't scare you enough. They make plays, but they don't scare you enough. Both teams like to run football, great defenses. That should be a hell of a matchup. I think both of these games are going to be great. That's going to be a slugfest. I think both of these games are going to be legit, bona fide slobber knockers. I cannot wait for both of these games, and I'm excited. It sucks that it's 24 days away, though. We lost Joe again. Let's get into our top 10 power rankings. Told you the uncertainty of Joe's uh, power connection today. My goodness. Joe's out. Joe's out. Well, we're going to just give ours our top 10. If Joe makes it back, we'll get him back. We'll show his top 10, even though he's not here. So here's Ted's top 10 list. So you got the Bucs. You had the Bucs jumping, the Patriots. Didn't you have the Patriots at like three or four last week? Okay. So I, I feel like we're all – oh, Joe's coming back. So my biggest thing is you still have the Bengals. Okay. Trev, you didn't, Trev, you didn't do what I told you to do. I literally I said check your email. I did. I changed it. Cal- check your Chargers. email again. Check, check Dude, your you text. literally sent me, and I did the exact same thing. No, I you didn't. I said, you me. What, did oh you check God. your email? Oh, my God. You You're an idiot. I, I texted you, and I oh said check God. your email Dude, now. I look at your email all the time. Oh, my God. No, you didn't. Yeah, you did. No, you did. What did I write? What did Dallas, I write? I put Buffalo at eight. Oh, did I? I didn't save it. That's why. I had Buffalo. I had it. I didn't save Buffalo it. Buffalo at eight. Char- Ravens at nine. Chargers at ten. Move the Bengals. I had. Buff- I had it. It didn't so. save. My bad. The Bills. I, I had Joe. I had the Bills up. at I eight. So I have the Bills at eight. The Ravens at nine. Oh, you Bills. know what I did, Ted? And Chargers. You know what I 10. did? I did it for my list. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I did it. it. So that, that. So his top. His okay. So his eight was gonna be. The Ravens, Chargers would have been nine, Bills would have been ten. That's what I did. Damn it, I forgot what I was gonna. So just show your. You were you were half right. That's a Keys Brothers list for sure. Hey, that's what that's what keeps. You know what, Joe? You have the worst list each and every week. But we're very generous. We're very very favorable to you, so we want to be nice. How do you have the Patriots in front of the box? All you do is all you do is slurp on the the box, but you got them behind the Patriots on the box. You love the 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 stop the slurping them, pal. Whoa, whoa both of you pipe down over there. <laughs> look, you got the big look, look at you two. Look at you two guys joining each other. We're, never mind. I, never mind. Never mind. Listen, never mind. I'm not. The Bucks beat the Patriots. You talk about the Bucks is the best team, but you got them fourth. I think the best team in football right now is the is the Green Bay Packers. I really do. do. I believe. Yes, I do. I do. I'm not saying I'm going because I really do feel like Ted just said that you think it's the Bucks. So let's be honest here. Do you think it's the Bucks or are you picking the Packers? No, Ted said that. I just said it out of my. No, he's been talking about the Bucks every single week about the best team of grading that defense. Guys, I literally just just told you it just came out of the word just came out of my mouth. The Packers are the best team in the NFL. I literally just. But do you think that means you think they're going to the Super Bowl? I thought you said the Bucks. Right now, I'm saying they're the best team. Six seven weeks from now can be completely different to where they are now. All right, wait a minute. Let me ask a stupid question here. Maybe I misunderstood uh, the, the assignment. Thing. There's two similar things that always happen in Keys of the City: Ted interrupting and Joe asking bad questions. Go on, Joe. What's my bad question? I think I this know. is a great question. 
we got to hear. What is the criteria? Uh, My, I built a list of the top ten teams that I think if the Super Bowl was to be played today. Do you want to see Joe's list? They would win it. Do you want to see Joe's list? Show them this great list. list He's got the Bucks at five. Okay. He's got the Chiefs and the Patriots over the Bucks. I think the Packers and the Cardinals are better teams. They're in better position to win a Super Bowl than are the Bucks. He's got the Titans. Because they'll get the number one seed. And they'll have the bye, you're saying, Joe. Yes. Yes, that's a path to the Super Bowl as far as I'm concerned. That's how I feel. Why did I get ridiculed? But Ted says, oh, yeah, Joe, I agree. But well, you Ted, just said my moment Trump says, and now I'm explaining it, and I'm making you look better. So you're See, welcome. You're, you know, See, Joe, you have no – Stick so with Joe me. Has, Joe has no Bills and no Ravens. The Bills stink. The Bills stink. Joe, it's over. Joe, the season's it's over. It's over. Joe, Joe, the Bills – They're not good enough. It's over. They're not good enough. You know, I, I bumped them off my list on purpose. As that much was as I pathetic pra- last night. As, listen, as much as I praised the Patriots before and I've talked about them, I've congratulated them. We should do this. That's easy. The Giants and Jets, Texans, and the Detroit Lions. No, I can't put Detroit at the number one team right now. They're not the worst so, team in the league. Here's the thing. The Giants are the worst team. The, no, 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 the Texans are the worst. The Giants, the Lions, the Jets. And Jets. the Jags. Jags. And the Jags. That's your worst. That's your bottom five. Well, here's, that was here's the there thing. You go. <laughs> the Bills last night had two opportunities in their own to score points. They did not. Now, I know you'll say that's a credit to the I think it was play calling and mis-execution by the Bills. Another thing is if you take the one run by Damian Harris for the 73 yards, Patriots couldn't really run the ball last night. They only averaged 3.5 yards a carry. They could not run the football against the Bills last night if you take away that one run. And – you know, I mean, the Bills moved the ball more than the Patriots did last night. Yo, why do you have the Bills? But here's the difference is the Patriots don't make the big mistake, and their only one, though, did cost them a touchdown. That was Nikhil Harry, which should have just ran away from the ball. Because Joe, of the Bills why, did you, um, why did you um pick the Bengals? I still think the Bengals uh, are a good football team. I think I they – uh, I do, too. I, look, you know, uh, it, what you saw again, I mean, the Chargers I have in front of them, the Chargers certainly walloped them. Um, but I, I still like the Bengals long-term for this this year over the Chargers. I mean, I like the Chargers better. But to me, the Bengals in that AFC, I think, are, stu- are still super relevant. Uh, and they have some winnable games coming up. They just got to, you know, win them. It is crazy to think, if you really consider right now, from the NFC standpoint to the AFC standpoint, everyone in the AFC right now, every division is a gra- is, is up for grabs. There's not one team that, like the Patriots division still up for grabs. The AFC North's up for grabs. The AFC West is up for grabs. The AFC South is still up for grabs, even though the Titans are up two games. Still up for grabs. The Colts are playing well. It's just been a hell of a season. That This is what it's been each and every week. But we have – I think what we're starting to see now is we're starting to have – us three specifically, we're starting to have similarities with these teams. And it seems like the t- same top five teams have been in the past couple of weeks. It's been that type of season, guys. It's been great. I have no problem with any of these lists. Just if the Patriots beat the Colts and then they beat the Bills at home, it, the Bills are virtually done because they'll obviously have lost the tiebreaker as well. Yeah. So it's when I say Buffalo's done, they're done. They're not winning this division. And I'll tell you right now, to me, that wild card is looking a lot tougher 
than I would have thought it did six weeks ago. They've been playing really bad football. We'll see what happens. There, there's no way around it. Play, They're just not playing play good playoffs. football. I mean, these, the the wild, card, wild card teams could be the Bills, Chargers, and Bengals, and all three of those teams are, would be capable of reaching the Super Bowl because they all have the offenses to do so, and they all have the defense to do so. When they're playing right and they don't make mistakes, you know, we talk about the Chargers running game. I'm a defensive running game. They stopped Joe Mixon this week. They stepped up to the plate. They they pressured Joe Burrow. They played like the team that we like to see on a weekly basis. So they'll have, they have a nice bye week this week against the New York football giants at four o'clock on Fox. So Chargers should keep that uh, winning streak going. We'll see what happens. A lot going on, a lot of football ahead of us, ladies and gentlemen, we have finally hit December. We're in December and we got a lot to discuss MVPs, Super Bowl predictions right now. The favorite, according to ESPN, the odds on favorite is a Belichick Brady Super Bowl boy. Oh boy. If that could happen. Wow. Just all I got to say to that. Wow, wow, wow. Crazy two weeks of the day. In L.A., whoo, sign me up for it. It's been a hell of a season. I cannot wait to see what this week brings to us. I'm in the fantasy playoffs in one of my leagues, fighting to get into the playoffs. Let's win some money, boys. Let's try to win some money for fantasy championships. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back later in the week to discuss a football Friday. We'll see what happens on the Thursday night game as well. But we are keys to see. We're streaming on all social media platforms. So comment, like, subscribe, or share. Or you can check out Clovercrest Media at clovercrestmedia.com, where there are many, many more podcasts to check. And great podcasts, I should just not say. I should say great podcasts. Wonderful podcasts. Enjoyment. Ted, I know you got to get going. We are keys to the city. We'll see you later in the week. We are out. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we see podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.